0: Hello lovelies and welcome to episode number three of the Weight Loss for Women podcast. I'm Kate Apanui and today I'm going to be talking about why start with the brain because a lot of people sort of like I don't really get what you do. (laughs) So I want to really address that and talk about it because I think when we think about losing weight a lot of us including myself in the past a lot of us have thought okay well I'm just going to start with my diet. I'm obviously eating the wrong thing or too much or too much of something. So um, I figure, you know, that I need to change my actions. I need to find the right diet. And I think there's this sort of thought. Well, I know there's this thought in our culture that says, if you want to lose weight, you have to change what you eat. But I think about it slightly differently. I think if you want to lose weight, you need to change what you think. Now, I know that that is going to make me sound like an idiot. People will be like, what are you talking about? Of course, you need to change what you eat. Um, and, But I really think it's the last piece of the puzzle. Like, it's, if it was just as easy as changing what you eat, then you would have done it already. Like, it would be simple. You'd say, oh, yeah, like, I'm just going to stop eating sugar or I'm just going to stop eating so much food or I'm going to not have those chips. But we all know that we make those promises to ourselves and then, you know, maybe the same day or five minutes later or a week or a month from now, we break those promises to ourselves. So, you know, sometimes I certainly think that we do need to change what we eat. You know, I know um, certainly there are people with intolerances and inflammation and allergies. So there's that aspect of changing what you eat. But, you know... Like Really, I'm not an idiot. I get it. Like, you know, if we all ate vegetables and some fruit and some nuts and depending on where you sit on this one, but some meat, some eggs, some fish, uh, we really would be pretty okay. But most of us have a really hard time sticking to a diet like that. And it's not just about changing what you eat. That comes much, much further down the track. What I really like to teach people how to do is change how you think so you change how you feel so you change the actions that you take and you get different results. So how you think creates the results that you have. So I guess that kind of leads into like, well, how do I change how I think so that I can lose weight? Like, what do you actually mean, Kate? So before you change how you think, You really need to know how you're currently thinking, like how your brain is currently programmed. So as humans, our brains are wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, right? We pretty much all know that, like that's not new information. So the other thing that our brains are designed to do is to remember food sources that deliver quick energy and make us feel good. And so the way our brains do this is through dopamine, so if you think about like a long, long time ago, <laughs> that kind of reminds me of a song, but if you think about long ago, before we lived in houses, you know, when everything was scarce and, you know, we didn't have access to ice cream and chocolate, we just had access to bushes um, and we had to eat seasonally, remembering where the um, the orange tree was or the apple tree or the... Um, I don't know, the strawberry patch or whatever. We had to remember where those things were because those were really fast, good energy for us. And so those things tasted sweet. And when we tasted sweet, our brain released dopamine. And dopamine makes us feel good. So we felt good when we were pigging out on oranges. And then when we feel good, also what dopamine does, it doesn't just make us feel good, but it also lays down a memory pathway in our brain. So our brain goes, oh, yeah, I remember where that orange tree was. So next year, when you're feeling a bit hungry at the end of the winter, you're like, I know where to go. I'll go to that orange tree. All right. So I know that sounds kind of weird, but I guess if you put this in terms of our modern day society, um, most of like my kids, I, they get excited when they know they're going to a birthday party because they know there's going to be lollies and cake and you know like i don't really have lollies and cake lying around my house most days um so when they when they know there's a birthday party they know it's going to be in like there's just going to be an abundance of it so it's almost like they're coming out of that long winter at mum's house and then they go to a birthday party and they're like woo um so that yeah like but their brains remember, oh, yeah, I'm going to feel really good when I go to that birthday party. They've got that memory program in there and they know that they're going to hit, get a hit of dopamine when they go to a birthday party. So um, I was reading Anthony Robbins. Um, I recently got his book, which many of you have probably already read. But anyway, I'm new to it. It's called Awaken the Giant Within. And it cracks me up because I see his picture on the front of it and he's just so young looking and I think, wow. Like you just, he's just such an incredible man. But anyway, in his book, um, he's got this quote and I've, the quote says, each time we experience a significant amount of pain or pleasure, our brains look for the cause of that pain or pleasure and they record it in our nervous system to enable us to make better decisions about what to do in the future. Okay, that's the end of the quote. So here's how this works. Your brain is programmed to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So when you eat foods that taste good like donuts and chocolate and cake and cookies and chips, your brain feels so good because that dopamine's released and your brain looks around and goes, "Oh, what is the what's the cause of this? What's making me feel so good?" And it looks down into your hand and it says, "Oh, donuts." It makes that connection this kind of food makes me feel better. And so it lays down a memory for you of that food in your brain and it encourages you to seek it out because that food makes you feel good. So your brain is always looking for pleasure. And if you're in pain, like you know you could be in physical pain because you know that's definitely um, a reason that people can start to eat to avoid physical pain. But it's Often the pain or not even, I mean, most people wouldn't say they're having a painful life, but a lot of people, um, myself included, you know, we're living lives that can be really uncomfortable for all different reasons. It could just be the discomfort of your kids come home at the end of the day and they're tired and they're fighting and they're screaming. Like that can feel really uncomfortable. Or it could be that, you know, you look at your... um, at your bank balance and you might think oh my gosh there's just not as much money there as I thought there was or as I would like there to be or oh my gosh I know there's a whole lot of bills coming up and am I going to be able to cover them that can be a discomfort it can be the discomfort of being overweight and looking in the mirror and feeling like oh I just wish I didn't look like this or I wish I didn't feel like this or I wish I could wear the clothes that I want to wear that could be the discomfort I mean, there's so many areas. It could just be work. It could be work as you might love your work, but it might be overwhelming and tiring or exhausting or stressful. Or there might be somebody at work who's just a real pain in your butt. That can be discomfort. And oftentimes, um, unless we're really, really aware, our brains want to avoid that discomfort. They want to avoid that feeling of, of uncomfortableness. And so they look for ways, they look for pleasure. Your brain is designed to look for pleasure and avoid pain. So some people find pleasure in online shopping. Some people find it in actually going to the stores. Some people find it in just zoning out and watching TV or Netflix or movies. Some people find it in sex. Some people are much more wholesome than that. Some people find their pleasure in going to the beach or um, going into the bush or going fishing. But many of us find that the Easiest and quickest way to feel better is just to open our fridge or our pantry, or stop at the dairy or the petrol station on the way home, or to just buy takeaways for dinner because it's so much easier and it's so much um, more kind of satisfying. Um, so yeah, that's a really easy, quick way for us to avoid our own discomfort. And like, just to bring to your awareness, the other ways that your brain gets programmed is marketing. OK, like we think we're all pretty savvy, like we know when we're being sold to. We like we have had it explained to us and we we can see it clearly happening in front of us. But any time you see a food that you have a memory pathway for or a program for in your brain or you think about it, you start not always, but typically you'll start like it'll kick off a desire for it and i remember as a kid like i really clearly remember that there was a an ad on tv for um oh what's it called for pizza hut and i don't yeah i think pizza hut still exists i don't know but i remember on the ad we'd never been to pizza hut as kids so i didn't really and i don't even know i probably the only pizza i had if i'm thinking back i think the only pizza i would have had would have been like a supermarket bought pizza that my mum would have heated up in the oven so it wouldn't have been Pizza Hut quality. And in the ad, they I remember they had this beautiful picture of a pizza and then somebody's hand coming down and picking a slice of pizza up and the mozzarella cheese just like stretching out beautifully. And as a child, I remember me and my sister just begging mum to go to Pizza Hut so that we could eat pizza that looked like the pizza on the TV ad. So... I'm sure that you can think of examples of this in your own life. I had a client who um, told me that every time she drove past a certain ice cream store, she would always want to stop. And nine times out of 10, she did stop. So, I mean, it can just be as much as seeing it. But I bet you there's times in your life where, you know, um, you go past a bakery And you smell like the fresh bread. Fresh bread is such a smell, isn't it? And you smell the fresh bread and you're like, oh my gosh, I would really love some fresh bread. Um, Or like another one that I think is really, um, what's that word? Is it evocative? I want to say evocative, but I could be wrong. But you know, when you walk past a coffee shop, smelling coffee makes me want coffee. Just the smell of it is so good. So like we can smell a food, and not have wanted it before until we smell it. Like that's how our brains, like the program gets switched on. Or there's, you know, times like when you go to a party and you might have said to yourself, like you might be on a quote unquote diet and you might say, I, I'm not going to eat the cake or the chips or the platters or the whatever's going to you think might be at the party. I'm not going to have a glass of wine. But then, you see other people doing it. You see other people like eating handfuls of chips or um, eating a slice of birthday cake and suddenly you want some because you see other people doing it, or it might even be just as simple as you 're sitting on the couch at night and you 're not thinking you 're not hungry you 're not thinking about food, but suddenly your partners open some biscuits and you see them eating it, and you want some. Or it could even be like, it might not even be anyone you know. It might be really like you're at the beach and you see somebody walk past eating an ice cream and suddenly you're like, where's the ice cream store? I really want an ice cream that'll just make this day so much better. So I think this is really, really fascinating to be aware of this, that the smell or the sight of food, even if you're not physically hungry, that can make you want food. So your brain actually overrides your body's signals, the messages that your body's giving you. That's how powerful your brain programming is. That's how powerful the desire for pleasure, the desire to avoid pain is. So I really want you to kind of be aware of that. Now, what else do I want to say about this? Um, I'm just looking at my notes. Oh yeah, sometimes like, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you this example. So I, I don't like I, I don't mind ice cream, but I don't really love it that much. Like some people, you know, we've I've got a client who used to say to me, "No, Kate, you don't get it. Like I love chips, I love them." So I don't feel like that about ice cream. I could take it or leave it, and most times I'm very happy to leave it. So I don't even really particularly like it, but. I'm kind of like that last example that, you know, I gave about the people on the beach. Like if I see somebody else eating, like if I see my kids, if I've stopped to buy ice cream for my kids and they're all eating one in the car, my brain can still sometimes trick me into thinking that I want it, even if I don't really like it that much. So I just find that that's really interesting. Like that desire to eat can still be there because that program you know, it's run, it's been run so many times. So if I'm not aware, like, oh yeah, there's just a program running, then I can still sort of feel that desire creep in, which is really, really interesting. Because what's going on is your brain, like maybe for me with the ice cream is a bad example, because I don't really crave ice cream that much anymore. But, you know, our brains like to be efficient. They really like to do what they've always done. So it doesn't want to reinvent the wheel. It it knows okay this is the program that I've got for pizza. This is the program that I've got for bread. This is the program that I've got for coffee. So it wants to run those programs when it gets triggered to remember like you know a birthday party or if you go to a birthday party and that's the trigger for being for eating that food, your brain's going to want to run the program for eating cake and chips and lollies. So, if you try to say no" to your brain, it can kind of feel like you're in a war with yourself so when what happens is, is when you go on a diet and you restrict yourself, you oftentimes find it really hard because you're you're not just saying no, you're kind of going against a whole program that's running in your brain, so it's like saying to yourself it's it's like saying to your brain, no, we're not running that program and your brain's really trying to run the program because that's all it knows how to do. It doesn't have a program for we're not eating that food today. It only knows how to run the program that it's got for eating that food. And it likes to run that program because that's efficient for your brain. It's hard work for you to say no to that program because your brain's got nothing else to do. All right, so then you can kind of, so I think you've got that bit. And then what I want to talk about is the stories that we tell ourselves about the food and what it means to eat something or not eat something. So kind of like I said before, like I had a client who used to tell me, I love chips. Like that's just a a sentence. It's not actually the truth. It's just a sentence that ran through her brain. Like when she saw chips, the sentence would be, oh, I love chips. I love chips. So that's just a story that we tell ourselves. Um, I should have the freedom to eat what I want. I think a lot of people think this, especially when we look around at what other people are eating. like, well, they're having blah, blah, blah. I want that. Or we tell ourselves things like, oh, I shouldn't have to restrict myself. I shouldn't have to be on a diet. I shouldn't have to, I should be able to eat like a normal person. Um those are all just stories that we tell ourselves about what it means to eat something or not eat something and when we tell ourselves these stories they add fuel to our desire for that food and they kind of strengthen the programming so um yeah we've kind of yeah we've sort of trained our brains to help us feel better when we're tired or stressed and We've done that with food. So, like when we get home and we feel overwhelmed, we say, Oh, I'm so tired. And that's when we just open the fridge and we look for something to make us feel better. So, taking different action isn't enough. Going on a diet often doesn't work. It works for a little while until you're back in a stressful situation or a situation where. So a stressful situation might just be like what I said before, that overwhelm or tiredness or stress or annoyed. Then your programming gets kicked into gear. Or you might just be in a situation like at a birthday party and you're like, oh, birthday party, that means I get cake. And so when you get into those situations, taking a different action isn't really enough because your brain programming is already running. And you often can just find yourself eating against your own will, like knowing that you don't want the cake or that you, it's not in your best interest to eat whatever it is you're eating, or knowing that cake isn't going to solve your problems if you're feeling stressed or tired. But yeah, you're sort of eating against your own will. So what you kind of need to do is start um, unraveling the way that your brain works around food to change how you think before you change how you'll behave. before change how you think before you can change how you behave I think it's really important to note that everybody's we're the same but we're different you know so like I don't really have a lot of interest in eating ice cream and for other people that is their thing um or chips like I really could care less about chips but for some people like my client she was like I love chips so um You know, if it was as simple as just going on a diet, honestly, you would have done it ages ago and it would be done and you wouldn't be listening to me and we just wouldn't be talking about it. So it's often not as easy as we think going on a diet because we don't understand what's going on in our brain and we get annoyed at ourselves for not following through. And I really kind of just want to point out here that a lot of people give themselves a hard time for not following through on their diets. But quite honestly... Um, it's not their fault that they, you, me can't stick to a diet. It's not that you're lacking willpower or motivation or that you're a bad person or there's something wrong with you. It's that you're fighting against a program that's in your brain and the program isn't set up for you to win. The programming in your brain is set up for you to survive and the foods that are high in sugar and fat and salt are survival foods. So you're it's really you I mean it's your brain that's why it feels like you're eating against your own like you like people often say oh you know I'm in a weight loss battle like there's this war being waged inside you so it, and it literally is like you know there's one part of you that really wants something and then there's your brain that's really going in another direction so I want you to, like, I was thinking, like, how can I put this in a different way, like, if you're not getting it? So I want you to imagine you've got a computer and it's a Mac and you get this file sent through by email and it's not Mac compatible. So you can see that there's a file there. You can see a glimpse of what it is, like, you know, it might have a little picture on it. You can see what it contains. But no matter how hard you keep clicking on that or how many times you keep clicking on that file, it's not going to open. And it's not because you're lacking the willpower to open that file. It's because your computer doesn't have a program to open it. And you can't open that file until you change your computer software. Right? Makes sense. So it's, it's not a fault or a problem that what's going on inside you or inside your brain. It's just a matter of working out, okay, well, what's the software in my brain? Like, <clears throat> excuse me, what programming is already there? And then like once you know what's there, then you can work on updating it and installing program that actually allows you like not just a glimpse, you know, not just to see like the little picture that you want to have, but to be able to like open that file and run it so that weight loss is part of a natural process for you. So instead of starting with diets, I like to start with what is going on in your brain so that we can see, okay, what are the roadblocks to you losing weight? What's What programs do you have? What's causing you to eat when you're not hungry? What is making you, what programs are making you eat against your own will? What situations um, trigger you or trigger your brain to think about food? What programs do you have that, you know, that get triggered? Um, What situations come up that make you feel uncomfortable so that you use food to move away from that discomfort and towards pleasure? Because until we have all that information, all that like big picture of what's going on in your brain, you're really just going to be either trying to diet or trying to willpower your way through. And I don't know, like I've spent so many days waking up and saying, okay, today's going to be different. Like today, I'm only going to do, you know, I'm going to eat this for breakfast and this for lunch and this for dinner. And then, you know, I'm not going to do any of these other things. I'm not going to snack or I'm not going to eat cake if I go to this place I'm not gonna do this but then those situations come up and my brain programming is just taken over and you know quite honestly like I used to I used to lie in bed at night and say like what is wrong with me why do I keep doing this and now I know there's nothing wrong with me it was just the survival program that was running in my brain so once you know what your programming is then you can kind of say ah okay it's just a program what programming would I like to be in there you get to update it which is pretty cool so um, yeah you're probably a hundred percent gonna feel like this isn't the answer you're probably gonna get off this call and or this podcast and say I just you know I maybe I should try keto maybe I should try like Shani and Jules you know I had a friend that did that and it really worked for them but honestly You know, like go ahead, try a diet if you like. But my guess is that if a diet could have solved this problem for you, it already would have. So I do this kind of work with clients all day. I help them work out their brains. And so if you're interested in getting on a call and finding out how your brain is holding you back and where you want to go and how to get there, then you can jump on a call with me for free. I do you know, your initial consult is free and you can just email me at hello at katapanui.com or you can just head to the link in the show notes. So yeah, I look forward to hearing from you and I hope this was helpful. All right. See you soon, lovely.